0: Welcome everybody to the notorious OTB. I'm your host Chase Sesums, the Wolf of Oaklawn. and man, it's the it's the little gap right now. It's that little gap we get between the uh, the Derby and the Preakness. You get all the the Preakness news rolling out. Uh, Secret Oath heard today. Got to be running against the boys. There's all that stuff. We'll have time for that stuff. We're gonna get into what I'm really passionate about. That's talking some New York racing. When I'm not playing Oakland, I'm pretty much playing Naira typically. So, I'm pumped about it. I brought in a bona fide New Yorker himself to help me out with this. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the host of Who's Got the Action. Great podcast. I'm a big fan. I was on it. Uh, Friend of the show, Andrew Capone. Andrew, what's up, man?
1: What's going on, Chase? How's everything?
0: Man, everything's great. Uh, I'm excited about this Belmont card this weekend because... Big names, a couple good stakes races, but, uh, you know, other than that, just, just living just L I V I N, you know, um, man. So you've got a bunch going on now. I, you started off with the pod. Now you're building like a media conglomerate from the best I can tell. So, which is awesome. Uh, cause I do enjoy the stuff you've been doing, uh, right now. You've got the pod, but you also did like a road to the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, live stream with, I believe with Caleb Knight too. Uh, right. With, uh, for yep. that. And then Ed DeRosa, is that correct?
1: We just did it with Caleb. It was just Cable okay. and I, we, we went through, uh, starting at the beginning of the road to the Derby in January and went race by race and handicapped them together. Uh, we had a positive ROI in our top picks. We had some decent numbers, some good exactives. Um, overall it was really good. A lot of fun. Uh, we, we had a one for the, Kentucky Derby, which uh, set a new record for the most views that we've had. We were pushing on 30,000, so that was a lot of fun. Um, got a lot of good feedback, people reaching out, asking questions, why I didn't have the winner for the Derby. Um, and, you know, it's not easy. I was at the Derby, and I'm finally just recovering now, but it was it was definitely an experience to uh, to get feedback from people and a lot of people reaching out, thanking us for certain things, and it was it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's a really cool, you know, really cool thing to be able to be – on that sort of show you know to have that sort of avenue to prep you know i guess playing out these races and talk them with us with another pretty good handicapper himself with you know caleb but i mean that number of views is impressive like get brace yourself because you're on a pod that gets tens and tens of downloads so it's uh <laughs> i'm not sure if you're going to be ready for the the overwhelming uh media support you're about to get but you did something even cooler than the the uh content you've been producing you uh you hung out with one of the most probably the most well recognized gambler in the country, this past weekend in Louisville. God, tell me about that, man.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty cool experience. Uh, Horse Racing Nation uh, put together a, a team of people and got the opportunity to go down um, and help Mattress Mac place his bets and and help him on handicapping and who to pick. Um, you know, one of the guys in our group got to hit the button, and when he did hit that button, we saw Epicenter go from five to one to four to one. Um, so, you know that that individual who I'll really keep nameless uh, can honestly say he set the line for the kentucky derby uh and that's something nobody will ever be able to take away from him. the biggest sporting event of the year for our for horse racing and he actually moved the line the whole point
0: that's amazing that's that's something you tell the grandkids about like I, i'm sure we will move to holograms eventually instead of like headstones when they bury us and i would if it were me i would have that moment on my hologram playing forever uh that or in just tupac we've probably at, at random points
1: maybe a little biggie who knows
0: yeah. Yeah. Depending, you know, on which side of the Mississippi I'm buried on. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a look at the five stakes races this weekend at Belmont. They've got a great little stakes card. Uh, you got what four grade threes and then the grade one man war, which I don't know. Would you agree with this? Feels like the kickoff to the really good New York summer turf racing, the uh, the man of war.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the race came back phenomenal. Um, I think there's going to be, it's going to be a two horse race, but there's still some under, some horses there are definitely going to use underneath. I think you'll get some good prices. Um, my one concern is just the weather this weekend. We got rain coming Friday and Saturday in the New York area. We're expecting about an inch of rain. Um, so yep. I hope they can stay on that turf. Hopefully they, they get off at Friday and they save it for Saturday. And that way yep. we can keep all these races
0: yeah that's good good thing you brought that up uh i forgot about it because i've recently declared meteorology a, a sham science and i don't believe anything that they tell me after after oaks day and uh yeah uh when i handicapped this i i basically didn't throw out any wet track figure or any softer turf figure just for the the fear that it was end up going you know it would end up being sloppy and i just kind of expected to be kind of good or something so i get kind of more of like a holistic figure whenever i'm looking at these horses and well, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. They kind of spread them out throughout the day. Uh, you have a, a late all stakes pick three you could play, uh, but we're just going to hit the hit the high points here. And starting with race three, we've got the vagrancy, grade three, six and a half furlongs. It's for uh, Phillies, Phillies and Mayors, four, year old, four years old and up. And uh, first of all, ha- Andrew, how do you typically handicap a race? Like what's your, your number one factor that you're looking for?
1: So I don't have a number, a single number one. I have two number ones, if that's the best okay. thing. So I'm a bias player. Um, mm-hmm. Being a New York player, you have to be a bias player. Because if you don't know yep. about Aqueduct Golden Rail, I don't know why you've been playing this game. Right. There's something right. That, that that turns in, and, and that's the best of best. So I'm a bias player to start off. Um, I always check the bias first and try to get a good track trend. Looking back, 32 races, 16 races, and then eight races. Um, and so that's how I sort of look at. Most recent, a little more extended, and then usually what the meat looks like for the bias. And then I'm a, a pace handicapper that focuses mainly on starting with time form on the right-hand side of the pace projector. I start with the horse that's way up front and work my way backwards and say, can he make the distance? Does he get the bias? Does he get the trip? And just work myself my my way back horse by horse by horse.
0: You know, that's uh... – I feel like whenever I'm like in a rut with setting up the pace for a race, I actually will will go back and lean on the time form pace projector just because I feel like out of all the products that do that, it might be one of the more consistent that actually gives you a pretty good snapshot of what the uh, of what the uh, pace will honestly look like. And I know like HRN, uh, they still have their their pace reports also, uh, which are really cool too.
1: I I'm a, I'm a user of the pace reports. I really like the Sire report that they have. Um, talking on horses that are making changes uh, and seeing what it, what it's during the pedigree of the horse, what changes have been made and, and have they been impactful or not. So I'm a big fan of that. And then, you know, they have that new free tool called the uh, track trend projector. Um, okay. And that sort of gives you a bias breakdown. It's a free tool you can get on their website. I'm a huge believer in it. Um, and that's, you know, sort of when I took a look at this race, that's the first thing I pull up. I put in this race and I come back what my bias looks like and I start handicapping from there.
0: Nice. So how'd you see this race unfolding? And uh, what, if, what, if any, bets do you think you'd have here?
1: So looking at this race, you know, looking, going back inside the bias here, 64% of race uh, winners are coming through one through three with a sample size of 26 races and a field average size of 7.8 horses. So it's definitely inside um, 64%, especially when we see over uh, anytime you see over 6.8 5 horses. I really am interested in that inside bias there. So there's definitely been a bit of a golden rail at, uh, at Belmont this meet so far. So I'm really excited to see that, especially at 6.5 furlongs, which is sort of an awkward distance um, for the most part. So, so I like that. And then this is the big one that got me, you know, 72% of horses are on or within one call, one, one length of the lead at first call. So at that first quarter mile, we're seeing 72% of horses leading there. So it's really, really been speed, uh, almost like a, a, a go-kart track going around. Um, taking a look at this race, I really broke it down. Um, do these speed horses can they make the distance? Um, and will this pace hold up? And I came back with, the, even though it is a big speed bias, I'm not a believer in it. I'm going to take a horse that's going to be sitting in that second run there. I think these two outside horses are going to have to extend a lot of energy to get to the lead. Um, and using that energy, especially 6.5 furlongs crossing over, they're going to expend a little bit of energy here. So I was really looking at the two inside, uh, the two horses inside of them, um, taking a look at the two. Frank's Rocket, uh, you got Mott and Pratt, Mot 20%, Pratt 20% right now. Uh, Frank's Rocket has been trading with Grade One winner Casa Creed, uh, winner actually of the Jiper here last year, uh, turf horse. But still, I like when top horses from a barn are trading with other top horses. You got those time forward progression on those figures, just stepping forward time after time. So definitely a horse I'm really interested in is that Frank's Rocket. I think it'll sit off three to four the pace, has an opportunity to tip out when we get to that top of the stretch and run them down. Another horse I was interested in here at the three, keep waiting, uh, comes out of a race that um, race that had a, a big winner from last weekend. Uh, the Ruffian uh, had search results. Um, so that race actually is pretty uh, pretty productive. We had search results come out of that race in Glass Ceiling, who's a multiple grade stakes winning horse. Um, another horse, You again, look at it. Figs keep stepping forward. Uh, if there's a jockey that that I really want to be on, when we're looking at uh, when we're looking at any type of meet uh, in New York that's going to be at some sort of speed, um, I'm a big fan of Kendrick Carmouche. I, I know you are as well. Um, yeah, love the mooch. Gator. Love the mooch. You need to get his, his logo stuff. Gator is the best. There's nobody better. Gator. Um, that's right. So just taking just taking a look at that horse, that race right there, I really think it's going to be somebody coming off. Just a little bit, nothing too deep. I think that one is way over its head. Um, but keep waiting there with Kendra Carmouche. You got Carmouche and Robbie Falcone Jr., who a guy I know pretty well, you know, 30 percent j- jockey trainer, Conburn there. And the other thing I like is he's cutting back a little bit, going from that seven furlong, uh, seven furlong race back to six and a half. And I think that's going to help him out a little bit here. Um, he's going to be able to be a little tighter to the pace. Uh, and just the last two, I'll make a comment on just the other two horses that that really threw me way off. Um, and I had absolutely zero interest in, was that one horse I think is just going to be coming off it way, way too much. Um, and then the, the the other one that that, give irks me a little bit is Bella Sophia. Um, not really working with anybody great. I don't like horses coming off a big layoff. Working horse called Gemology, spelled, spelled with a J. Very awkward when people spell with Js, but um, that's just a horse that I'm not going to be interested in. I'm not going to be interested in a horse coming that off that type of layoff. Uh, especially with their, there's the uh, other horse in the race that are coming in from better races with better works. So right here, I'm not going to be really looking at much. I'll use in my early pick five using the two and the three horse.
0: Okay. Uh, I When the, you get that J instead of the G for like Jamal, you know, I, I think you have to go just full and make it a soft J, just yamology for that one. Yemology. Uh, okay. So I, I actually, I like your take uh, quite a bit. I went, I went different though. I don't know if I'm just too like keyed into uh, still playing like my Oakland style of just like horses that can clear from the outside. I thought Bella Sophia had a chance to maybe like win the race to the rail early. And then I, I liked a horse that you had underneath uh, that you mentioned underneath that with the, with Gator, man, we both love, uh, you know, Kendrick Karmusha kept waiting and I love these small fields. Cause I feel like I can go ahead and just hammer a really strong opinion, like ice cold and, not really lose very much if i if i don't hit it and so i'm gonna i'm gonna say that bella sofia can actually get up and wire this field and then i'm using uh the three kept waiting underneath going going cold in the exacta so we'll see how that pans out i it's very rare that i get ballsy to uh to go uh ice cold but uh it looks like uh it looks like i may have just talked myself into this one um all right race five Speaking of Mattress Mac, we got the Run Happy grade three, which, by the way, I saw his derby hat uh, with the Run Happy in the in the banner that you didn't see
1: anything. You didn't see anything. The inside of his jacket was a picture from every single Run Happy race sewn to the inside of his jacket. Not just the hat with the Run Happy, but when he opened up the jacket, the inside was a picture sewn from every single race of Run Happy. And then the outside of the jacket in small letters. Was the past performances from all the run happies?
0: That's and see, I was just thinking it was like a cool like pattern. No, that's that's just good information. Just sit next to him, honestly. If you want to know how how a sire performed, you know, you can just sneak a sneak a a glance at, at Mattress Mac's jacket. I I love Mattress Mac because I don't think I've ever not seen him smile. Like he is throwing around millions of dollars on sports bets and I have only seen him smile. I wish I had that sort of intestinal fortitude. I'm not sure if I do though, but we're going to go ahead and jump into the run happy. It's a uh, grade three. Uh, they're going six furlongs here, a little cutback for the boys and, uh, it's for uh, four year olds and up and, uh, th- another short race where you do have a good bit of speed. I'm not sure if you got the same amount of speed, uh, as you saw in the, uh, the vagrancy that we just uh, discussed, uh,
1: Capone, what do you you got for me here? What are you thinking? So, you know, again, I'm a biased player. First thing I start off is there. uh, One through three winning at 64% uh, at six furlongs and wire to wire at 81%. I think this is a one-horse race, in my opinion, and it is the one horse. Um, I think we're going to see a horse that's going to break here um, and just not going to look back. Going back to its last race, finished second, used a lot of energy crossing over from the five-hole and the golden rail, um it's got the golden rail here it's the speed horse i think we see this horse uh, chateau just break here and, and just keep on going I, I i handicapped this race i went over two or three times i couldn't really really separate anywhere else and then i looked at the time to- the wet tommies and we're over 400 and it's two for five two for four lifetime winning on the wet so we do get a wet track on the rail i think this is gonna be a horse that's gonna just break and keep going
0: okay yeah I ended up, so I ended up using Chateau underneath and I think I let the fact that the horse hasn't won at Belmont yet spook me. It's very, I mean, if you go by a lot of these figures and by back class, I mean, it is very much the class of the field here. I, I like it. I, I mean, I have been fooled before thinking that I can win from off the pace in a day like this. Uh, I've, i decided i'm glad i'm glad i'm fitting in like the the bias you know picture that you're giving us here though with this one and i'm gonna use repo rocks um i, I like repo rocks to maybe hang about uh you know a length, the length and a half off the lead and then uh maybe be able to to strike late and then i also kind of like drafted for david duggan uh to maybe sneak up and get in from off the pace uh I thought it was enough that I could take a shot and bet repo rocks to win. And then I'll probably end up just playing like a part wheel trifecta going uh, drafted and uh, repo rocks on top. Then wheeling Chateau in a second. So Chateau drafted repo rocks and then just one, two, three, four to round up third place. It's another one where it's a short field. And I feel like you can still find a lot of really good value in trifectas here, uh, even with these if you're against the favorite.
1: Yeah, the one thing I will take back from that is I, I did feel that, that Repo Rocks is, doesn't, doesn't like the soft and doesn't like the uh, the mud. So if we do right. get a wet track here, I think that's going to be a struggle.
0: Right. So I, there I was knocking your horse for not winning at Belmont before. And then I give you the the horse that's 0 for 3 at Belmont and has never won on a wet track at all. So uh, might be a clue as to whose voice to focus in a okay. little bit more on through through the course of this episode. But we need to take a quick break. Uh, we will be right back uh, with the, uh, the last three stakes races at uh, Belmont this weekend. Make sure to get down on the wins Bet 50 to Win 200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Bet Casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And, of course, don't forget to get involved in their same-game parlays with the Win's Zone Build Your Own Bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a 3-plus leg. Build your own bet parlay between Thursday through Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Fellas, have you started your spring cleaning yet? Carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring is sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP. Not only do I love the new Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 to get me just smooth as a turtle shell, but I also love the other stuff that comes with your Lawnmower 4.0 the stuff that keeps you smelling fresh, keeps your skin nice and hydrated. Check out the Crop Preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant all in one the crop reviver it will spray on little touch up if you need it get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code sgp at manscape.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code sgp at manscape.com it's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life all right welcome back to the notorious OTB. don't worry no one has stolen your uncomfortable plastic chair we still have a partially full ashtray for you which is better than the Way overfilled ashtrays that are that are out there. So settle in for for some horse degeneracy with us right here under the Delta Downs feed in the Notorious OTB. Talking the Man of War Grade One. This is the big one on the card. Uh, they're going a mile and three eighths on the inner turf. If you're not used to playing New York, note that there are two turf tracks and some there are some different quirks with them. But this feels like to me just the kickoff to like all the great summer turf stakes that you get through belmont all the way through saratoga even into when they roll back into belmont um it's a pretty good matchup you got a couple of horses that threw kind of clunkers uh in the uh the breeders cup uh turf and they're running back and i'm really interested to see how well they run back uh because i mean it seems like horses that have had a hard time coming or sorry had a hard time at del mar like just looking back through Kentucky Derby re- uh, weekend, really ran back huge. But a lot of people think that this might boil down to a two horse race. I'm interested to see what Andrew Capone
1: thinks. Capone, late on me. So, as I said, I think it's a two horse race earlier. Um, Yiber ships in for this one. Buick flying over for the mount. Track profile here, super simple. Surface and distance. The 100% of winners come from greater than four lengths off the lead. So, if you're betting speed here, uh, we're going back 28 horses, 28 samples here going back almost a year and a half. There's been 100% of horses coming off the pace. So don't be looking for speed to carry through this type of distance, especially on that that inner track, which plays very, very tight. Um, very interesting little little setup they have there. Um the IBR I think is really good. Um, Dubawis, which is with the, the uh, sire here, they take a big step forward from three to four historically, um, winning their first race in their four-year-old campaign at over 80% clip. Um, I think ever could be the pick The other one I'm looking at here is Gufo. That'd be my other, my mother type of look that had a nice win in the Pan Am down in Gulfstream. I just thought that race, he really got the setup. Um, I think there's gonna be a little more pace here. It's gonna have to be a little closer. Uh, Gufo is not gonna be able to come from way deep. Um, I really like Yiver. I, I, you know, when you see Appleby and he ships over, Buick for the Mount, I mean, they mean business. They came here to win this race. This is, as you like to, see, you just said before, this is the kickoff before we get into Saratoga with some of the best turf racing in the country. This is one of those setup races where you win here, get yourself ready, and look for something. to know, win it into the Breeders' Cup some mid-card, mid, uh, mid-season at Saratoga. So I'm really only looking at those two horses. If I had to, gun to the head, throw a third pick at you. Um there's a one horse that I was sort of interested in a little bit here, and that's that one horse the one horse which is the one horse coming off the rail there that grand motion um, ran a nice race here i thought in aqueduct um in April i think it was it was wood Memorial Day i believe um went one and one sixteenth I, I think the horse wants a little more distance was definitely closing in pretty well um finished third that race uh there's another race horse in this race so high that fi- that finished second that race but i really think uh motion is usually is one of the better guys second off layoff uh this seems like this could be a setup for him to bring this horse over to england um i think there's an opportunity for this just to really be a setup here uh and if that would be my third horse if i had guns to the head but really i'm going to be focusing on gufo and Yaber.
0: yeah i so it's really hard to overlook, like you said, the fact that William Buick is here for this race. Uh, it, it's not like Charles Charles Appleby decided to sh- you know ship over and then just have a local jock take care of it. He put the person that he trusts on top of the horse. He's flying across the Atlantic to ride the horse and only ride that horse. So it's worth noting. I I can't argue with you that it's that it's you know not going to be one of those two horses. Um, part of me, um, which is my uh, I guess my emotional side, my nostalgic side is probably going to end up, it's going to end up on goofo. Uh, it's a horse that I just love to watch run. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, nothing's like the, the, uh, BC turf comes, you know, comes out again, but I mean, he's been close in the man of war before he really runs well in New York. Uh, you know, and also, I mean, this is kind of getting to be into like salmon, you know, salmon salmon colored chinos, you know, Christophe Clement, you know, uh, time of the year, whenever he starts ripping off wins during the summer and takes in, you know, wears a more like spring and summer kind of hue in his pants. Um, I, I do like Gufo. I, I, the way I decided to play this was win bet Gufo, but what I'll probably do is play an exact a key box. Uh, if you're not familiar with key boxing, it's basically like saying, I'm going to bet this horse in first and these horses in second, and then you just flip it around where you're betting the other horses in first and the other horse in second. So it's a it's an easier way than punching two bets, but that's the plan. And I'm going to use as my horse that I'm keying because I'm so certain that one of those two closers uh, win it in Yabir or Gufo that I'm going to use uh, who I think might be the only speed here, uh, a Bon as my key. And my hope is that you know if something weird happens and a Bon wins, then I, I feel pretty good about getting the exacta with either Gufo or Yabir underneath. However. I could easily see a bond, you know, just being super brave, super game, but getting picked off late by one of those two horses and maybe hanging for second. So that's kind of why the the reason behind the uh, the key box there. But th- this should be a good race. I'm I'm really excited to see this matchup between Yabir and and uh, Gufo because they should probably just be hanging out like at the back of the pack with each other. I hope talking shit the entire way.
1: You'd expect that. Expect expect elbowing at some point, right?
0: Oh yeah, like on the yeah, far yeah. turn
1: where nobody can see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we still remember, you know, the the old colonies and stuff. We're not gonna let some some you know Brit just come over and tyrannize us here. You gotta throw him some elbows while he's on his horse. Um, please don't do that. And if you
1: do, the do other that, thing, please don't say that I told you to do that. The other thing I liked with the bon, uh, I, I didn't pick the horse, but I just thought, you know, the Pletcher's second off layoff right now is hitting at I think thirty one percent on the turf. So clearly he's seeing it right coming back onto the turf. Um, him and Saez, you know, they're hitting at thirty percent. You're getting a good jockey trainer combo there. The one thing that you know that horse um, hasn't seen is soft turf, right. and that's the one concern I had about it was the horse has not seen soft turf. So, is it going to be able to if it's soaking wet? Is it going to be able to uh, to really get it? When you look at um, Gufo, who I, uh, Gufo as well hasn't seen soft turf, but it was a Yaber sir so has ran on soft once before. So just you know we'll see how this day plays out. it's gonna be a fun day out there but I think it's gonna be a little bit wetter than we think so maybe take an early cue on some of these turf races to see how it's playing before I make a final decision and you mentioned I mean you
0: mentioned an excellent point about a bond why I probably won't be wind betting that horse is coming in from Gulfstream where that's just a very kind of speed favoring track where it will kind of carry a horse on the front on the turf. And uh, you know, shipping up to New York on this, uh, especially if it's softer, going is is definitely you know no joke in comparison. So moving on, we got oh man, this is this is like a New York classic. Uh, also a delicious brand of peanut butter. Uh, if you're listening, anybody from uh, Peter Pan brand peanut butter, just uh, hit me up. I am for sale. It's the. Grade three, Peter Pan, uh, I'm going to mile and an eight. This is for your three-year-olds who missed out on the, on the Derby and the Preakness. This is actually a win and you're in to the Belmont, uh, on uh, June 11th. Uh, I mean, this is a little bit of a, you have a little bit of the, the whole, this horse was on the Derby trail and didn't quite pan out. Uh, and then you've also got some new shooters that are coming out of, uh, you know, out of, uh, maiden special weights, out of, uh, optional claimers as tune-ups for this. Uh, this is a really interesting race, I, I think. And I am really excited to hear what you think about this one.
1: This will make my head hurt. That's what I'll yeah, start with. This, yeah, this it is, did. This is, a, this is a race that made my head hurt. This is, I spent the most amount of time on this race um, really trying to figure it out. You know, when we look at this distance at Belmont, there's zero bias. You can win from anywhere. Um, right. There's Even the rail, there's nothing that goes on. So this is one of those races that really makes it more difficult for me because I always lean on bias to sort of point me in the right direction. And we look pretty flat here. Um, I did land on two horses, and I'm probably going to play it a, uh, some sort of trifecta with them. Um, I haven't figured out what I'm going use underneath yet, but let's talk about electability for Chad Brown here. Um, did you take a look at this horse? Yeah, yeah, that's
0: one, that is one that I definitely was considering. I, I kind of, I, I zigged a little bit, but yeah, I actually, I liked electability quite a bit and used him in my play.
1: So we keep stepping forward, right? Not on the derby trail. Chad had early boating. He adds in and he, he had some other players on it. You know, this wasn't an opportunity here um, for him to make it horse comes off the turf in 2021, ran an inner turf race, in Saratoga, didn't work out, didn't run a step, really didn't know what to do. Tracked behind, never had, never even did anything in the race. Um, so Chad gives him quite the little break, brings him back after 180 days, puts him on the dirt, Comes in and runs a monster 110 second time out. Um, you know, For time form for me, that that's a big step forward, running from, from an 87 to a 110. So I take a look at the horse. Eric Cancelon, not the biggest fan of it. Um, runs again first week in April. Um, nice little allowance race there that's had some good winners come out of it. Um, comes there and just you know, ran not the greatest race. Pace was a little too hot up front, but just held on. A- a- and if you watch the gallop out from that race, still had some more run um again steps forward another big figure now he gets ira Ed ortiz we got 24% jockey trainer combo here we got chad at 32% in the last 30 days as a right now i think this horse is just this is one of those chad horses that he's setting up for a saratoga run at some point um really interested to see how it plays um the other horse i was looking at here was probably not going to be a, a a fan favorite here is golden glider that Mark Cassie horse been working with a horse named Jeannie B who, who won a nice or sorry, finished second in a nice black type up in Woodbine about three weeks ago. You know, I love those Canadian horses um, yeah. did well up there. Um, this horse just went too fast in the bluegrass. It, it went against its running style. Um, and a lot of that time, I think when, when we look at, at those last um, we'll call them, uh, what do they call them? Wild card races for the Derby. Is that what they call yeah. them? The last the wild card derby? guys are just trying to get in. They need five points. They need three points. They're going to do anything to hold on to get to the line. This horse just went way too fast for itself. Um, really didn't run its type of race. Uh, been training really well. Had a nice run of Sam F. Davis. Finished fifth. Couple, couple people come out of that race pretty well. Um, Tampa Derby finished fourth, improved again. But that bluegrass, I really just think it, it, it really just did not run its race. Um, there's an opportunity here for these figs to step forward one more time again. Um, and I really think this, this horse should be pretty good. Mark Cassie's um, a little bit cold right now, um, but, you know, he's just getting into his woodbine. He, he's just uh, defrosting, de from the winter up in, up in Canada. So he's going to be one that, that I'm definitely interested here. So I'm going to be playing with those two um, somewhere on top. I, I haven't figured out how many structure yet. I'm going to take those two on top. And then in third, there was two horses that I, I thought were interesting here. I thought that one was pretty interesting on the rail there. Um, ran a nice race last time. One of those horses that has to get out front and keep going. It has to be on the lead to win. Um, Joel Zario, who won the best on the lead, takes the amount. Uh, I don't know how these horses are shipping in from California yet. We haven't had a big sample size, but Mandela's doing pretty well. He's a 25% chainer. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking at that one as well underneath. And then last but not, last but not least, um, the other wild card horse here. And I'm sorry I do not have my, uh, my morning lines yet from when I downloaded my past performances. So I'm interested to see what, what this gets on the morning line. But I'm going to go way on the outside state planning. Trevor McCarthy gets up for uh, Vasquez. And if you want to know anything about this guy, Vasquez, he was a parks trainer and he came over to um, Naira and just started winning races. Right. He got in a little trouble. He got in a little trouble for some uh, Advil and Tylenol. I don't know yeah. exactly what he was giving his horses, but he got in a little trouble in Pennsylvania, came here and he just keeps on winning the races. And when I find him very interesting, a pattern I'm seeing over and over again with his types of horses, is when he, is when he does make that jump to the bigger races, he doesn't care. He just goes for it. You know, he, he puts whatever he needs to to get the horse going. And it gets the red heart, Trevor McCarthy. I mean, Trevor came in second for the jockey jockey title out of that winter meet. Um, guy's riding extremely well. I spoke to Joey Miggs. He loves this mount, his agent. Um, this is a horse where I think that's it's going to do even better by getting that little more distance going from one to one-eighth one well, i think this horse is going to break get the outside there stalk three or four off and have the opportunity to run up on him. so that's going to be my last card. state planning i think you're going to be able to get a good opportunity on price there i'm not sure of the morning line yet you know i
0: one of the reasons i actually really like that horse and i will be i'm going to be using in my trifecta play is uh one turn racing uh the horse mm-hmm. is uh two for three going one turn or i guess technically uh Technically uh, two for four if you count the seven furlongs, which is also one turn, of course. But, you know, thinking one turn routes, uh, the horses, you know, two for three there. Um, I actually, I really like Golden Glider. I landed on Golden Glider. Uh, I like Golden Glider to come from off the pace. I, like you, also like Canadian horses. Uh, I can't agree more on on the, uh, the Bluegrass because I, I also feel like they always keep that dirt track more geared towards, uh, towards, uh, early speed. So I, I, think that, uh, yeah, I, I like golden glider a lot and I like it enough that I'm actually keying it on top in a trifecta and using a lot of the horses that you mentioned. So I was going uh, golden glider over set sail, electability and, uh, state planning. And then I also, uh, in third use those three. And then I added on the, uh, the four, we, the people and the, uh, six Western river as other ones that could you know either hang for a piece or sneak up and get a piece and like i feel like if i can get golden glider on top then i probably you know have made my day have made just like an absolute king mm-hmm. day so uh we're gonna take a quick little break and then whenever we are back we're gonna wrap it up with the uh great three bogey on saturday at belmont number 10 on the card we'll be right back we're brought to you by athletic greens and their ag1 supplement so what is this stuff With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. all right welcome back we're just about to tackle the last of our all stakes pick three even though we we gave you five you know uh five stakes races we're not stingy here at the Notb. uh man another good turf race uh this one for uh, phillies and mares four years old and up um you know i i kind of said it all early with this this is just the turf racing is, is coming to bear here in, in, in the uh the naira circuit so uh there's a couple horses that that i see i i'm gonna ask you the the direct question before i let you like fully break down the race though uh is this gonna be as boring as a as a chad exacta
1: oh it's going to be a chad exacta i can tell you that right now
0: i yeah um I'm going to try to get around it because I'm foolish and I do this over and over again is I always try to avoid just the uh, inevitable Chad beating that I'm going to take during the day, Uh, though I did use one Chad in my play. But what are you thinking here for this race?
1: Well, you know where I start every single race. We start with bias, right? Nine furlongs on the turf. 8.2 runner average. 63% of races are one through three. Do you know how they break that nine furlong? It's super awkward. It's like yeah. sort of like a one-and-a-half turn mile. I don't know. Yeah. You, it's not really like a two-turn. It's like a one-and-a-half turn it, mile. I it's don't like know the
0: world's describe. the world's shortest hooks race tacked on to yeah. like an you know, a, a eight-and-a-half furlong race. It's kind of how exactly.
1: it feels. exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, that one through three is lightning. And so I'm going on the inside here. Um, I watched a bunch of replays for this race. I don't know if you had the opportunity yet to take a look. Went back and watched that. Uh breeders cup billionaire turf. Um horse just gets smashed out of the gate, then checks after a furlong and doesn't have an opportunity to do anything. Um comes up completely empty. Horses have come back out of that race, my Nat, Warlike Goddess, loved you. I mean, there's some big nice horses that have come out of that race. Um has won on the soft before, nice grade one at Long Champ, go one and a quarter. It's gonna get a little cut back here. I think there's a good opportunity. I think it likes the softer ground. Finished third in a grade two at Deville in France. Uh, same thing, Randy gets a, actually a, some solid, solid horses there. Um, but again, same thing, soft turf, seems to like the soft turf. I think there's one on the inside here, have the opportunity. Chad gave it a nice break. Um, he had a nice interview the other day. He said he he, he gave the, the horse a break. It was just absolutely exhausted. They thought about running, it. Uh, I believe it was Cigar Mile Day in a race, um, and they passed on it. He That extended break, you know, when Chad does these and he works them back in slowly, I love that. There's there's nothing better than when you see a Chad for the first time at Saratoga that you haven't seen since Belmont the previous fall. Um, right. I know you I know you don't love that, but I love that when he works horses in with 16, 18, 24 works to get him in the race. Horse has been working phenomenal. Did five furlongs five furlongs the other day at Belmont on the turf. Um, you know, did five furlongs in 101 flat. Um, ran a bullet the week before. Uh, well, two weeks back at Payson down in Florida, Payson figs have been coming back from that, that training track have been coming back pretty well. Rent a bullet down there, fur Furlong's on the dirt on the turf in 48 flat. Um, first um, first time with trainer, Chad Brown hits at 40%. Uh, off 181 days, Chad Brown hits at 31%. This jockey combina- trainer combination hits at 37%. I mean How many times am I going to say a percentage over 30 before we start getting excited here? I'm going to focus on that one. I'm going to focus on that one on the inside there. Really going to focus on it. And I'm actually going to go back to a – talking about Canadian horses, I'm going to go back to that uh, Cassie horse. Uh, I'm going to play something with that Cassie underneath uh, one flash drive. I thought this horse was very impressive uh, at Tampa. Ran pretty well. Um, The one concern I have is, again, coming from that way outside – uh, does get Dylan Davis who won the jockey title for the spring meet at Aqueduct. Uh, Cassie, as I said before, is still thawing out from that winter, but I thought this horse pretty interesting and its works have been absolutely phenomenal lately. Uh, back-to-back bullets for four full longs and 47 and two four full longs and 47 and three. Um, I love to see when those horses stretching out on the turf and they, and they're running those, uh, those bullets on the, on the dirt right before the race, especially when they're right, you know, week or week two before. So I'm going to play something with uh, the one on top, and I'm going to use one flash drive somewhere, and then I can't not have this race and not have some something going through Plum Ali. Uh, was on my fantasy team last year for fantasy horse racing. Yes, that's a thing, and yes, I yep. do play it. Um, this horse uh, I thought ran really, really well at Aqueduct on uh, last November, one of the last turf ma- t- turf stakes of the year. Just brought him, took him wire to wire, kept him going around. Then he showed his versatility. Came back April 16th of this year, ran a nice time form, a new high time form fig for the horse. Um, torque was pretty firm that, that day cutting back. It was a little bit of a cutback. It was that mile that day, but shows versatility came off the pace uh, and a uh, beat a horse, that I think a lot higher of coming forward, technical analysis. Um, so that's a horse that that race has had some winners come out of it. I'm going to look at that plum Ali a little bit underneath as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we pretty much kind of, uh, agree. Uh, I say pretty you know, kind of pretty much, I mean, we exactly agree on who's going to win this race. And it's the, uh, it's the one Chad Brown drawing the rail who's got all these wins on soft turf uh, over in France. Um, and I kind of, here's what I'm thinking though, is I see, you know, I see Lamista, I see Lamistas is owned by Peter Brandt. I think that they end up using this horse to try to maybe heat this early pace up just a little bit more. Uh, than it than initially was going to be so what i tried to do was play an exacta where i could get around that horse and not use it in second and uh you know i ended up using uh plum ali of course uh i, I even if it gets hot i like that horse to, to still maybe hang around for second uh or maybe be that second wave that tries to you know make a move and then gets picked off late uh after you know taking the lead in the stretch uh and then i used uh the six i actually used high opinion for uh Tony Dutrow, uh with Eric Cancel up to, uh, to, uh, you know, take this home. Um, yeah. I, or sorry to finish in second. I mean, if you go back to it's, you know, two, uh, sorry, it's a uh, two turf starts, you know, three back with the the one at Saratoga, the uh, Boston spa where it was second by a nose uh, and then also uh, the uh, noble damsel at Belmont where it was a second by uh, a length and a half. I, I, I feel like, this is kind of it getting back to somewhere where it's a little bit more comfortable, seems to do a little bit better at Belmont Saratoga than it does at Aqueduct for uh, for winter Duct. So I really like that high opinion horse uh, to, to maybe get up and, and get into the Exacta somehow using that Chad Brown horse on top. It's just, you know, if, if you can get around the Chad Brown Exacta, it can be a pretty good, you know, pretty good little Exacta. that I remember Tony Dutrow, it seemed like uh, it was either the Belmont, meet following saratoga or is like the right at the tail end of the saratoga meet like his horse horses were just absolutely running lights out so i'm hoping maybe being back at belmont helps him out a little bit
1: on on that horse i have to say the one thing that, that interests me a lot it's too bad it's after the race because i like when they're earlier in the car and they can play it if that horse does run big for the nightcap i want you to take a look at race 11 there's a Ooh. horse by the name of palace gossip so Palace Gossip has been out – has been working side-by-side side with High Opinion for the last two months or so, and they've been neck and neck where they've been 1-2-1, one, 1-2-2-1 two, one, two, one, two, two, one, working in the morning. So if you do – if High Opinion does run big, look for a possible opportunity to get a price on that horse in the last race. Nice allowance race, race 11. Palace Gossip uh, for Dutro. I, I like that.
0: And uh, given a uh, – you know, given the fact that, you know, we both like Rogier, uh that would be just a excellent place to uncork a daily double more than likely. Um, that's, that's a, a nice little juicy, just straight up daily, daily double play that, I mean, I, you know, I like smaller fields for, for exactas and everything, but I also, I don't care how big the fields are. If I have a strong opinion in a daily double, I will try to just go full MC hammer, just stop hammer time. Uh, look at that you throwing out bonus races for us and everything. We only had, we only had five, he threw in a sixth. I like this man. I love love his need for symmetry. Uh, I also am like that. So, man, uh,
1: Capone, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you on social? I'm on Twitter. Who's got the action? Uh, you can see all my podcasts on Horse Racing Nation. Dropping another podcast coming out next week um, in the irons. The in depth stories of jockeys. We're we'll gonna be interviewing uh, some of the top jockeys in the in the world. Got some really good guys to start off. So it'll be really fun to uh, get some inner workings about these jockeys. What irks them, you know? What makes them run? What what, what makes them tick? And and really, my biggest thing is to sh- shed a little bit of light on these are professional equine athletes here. Some people don't understand what goes into a, the day to day. These guys are at the gym. These guys are working out horses for two hours in the morning. they're at the gym for the next two hours, keeping their weight down and and really keeping themselves in the best shape possible. They're 120 to 116 to 120 pound male or female guiding a 2,000 pound, 1,500, 2,000 pound horse. So I'm trying to shed some light on that. And it'll be a fun little podcast that we're launching again on horseracingnation.com.
0: You got, and you've got me in the philanthropic mood. Cause I, I feel like I even need to mention this. Now, if you have a big day at the track, throw 20 bucks, throw 50 bucks to the, you know, the PDJF for these, uh you know, jockeys who are out here that are, you know, risking their lives for us to be able to have this entertainment. All right. So, Andrew, thank you for joining us. Everyone check out who's got the action. Uh, and then also the new project coming out. You know, this sounds I, I, you know, some as someone who's asked a lot of times what's running through a jockey's head. It's going to be really interesting to hear what's running through a jockey's head sometimes. So uh, it should be a fun show. Uh, give him a follow. And uh, man, Capone, thank you. Thank you for uh, for joining and uh, welcome to friend of the pod status.
1: Chase, good luck with this. It sounds like a great endeavor. I think you have some really great guests lined up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and this is the meat of the season right now. we got Derby past, Preakness coming, Belmont Stars and Stripes Festival, then we're in Saratoga, Haskell. Before you know it, we'll be talking BC. Uh, so before you it, it, you know how this starts to speed up too quickly. It goes too fast for me sometimes. But really appreciate you having me on, and uh, it was a great time, opportunity. All right. Well, thank you very much. And folks, we will
0: catch you on the next episode of The Notorious (laughs) O.T.V.